You know, Nicole, you had said that navigating your career alone is really daunting. I would almost go so far as to say it's nearly impossible because, you know, exactly as you say, you really do grow and develop your career by getting through those bad days and celebrating those good days. You can't do that by yourself, you know? So having that network, that team of people who are always there to help and support each other, again, I can't put a price tag on it. I really believe that it's extremely difficult, if not impossible, to build your career just individually. Welcome to the Future of Supply Chain podcast. My name is Nicole Smythe, and I'm a marketer, blogger, and podcaster in the supply chain area here at SAP. Now, you may be wondering where my fellow co-host Richard and Sin are, but I'm riding solo today because I'm joined by a very special guest, someone very near and dear, my own mom, Eileen Smythe. With an extensive and impressive career in supply chain, she's the very reason I not only became interested in the field, but even knew about it. So what better way to celebrate Mother's Day than a joint mother-daughter episode talking about the advice she'd give me as I start my career, words of wisdom she'd give her younger self, and navigating the ever-changing world of supply chain. So welcome, Mom, or Eileen, as others say. As always, thank you so much for joining us today, and I'm so excited to have you on the series. So if you could just take a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners, give some insight into your career and your role today. Okay, well, thanks, Nicole, and thanks for that great introduction. And, you know, I am so thrilled that I'm able to have this interview with you, someone equally near and dear to my heart. So a little bit about me. Right now, I am the VP of Supply Chain for Arkema. And so with that role, I oversee the logistics organization as well as the business process optimization group and serve as a resource for the BU supply chain leaders for any type of process optimization, system enhancement, any type of challenge they're having with KPIs, trying to drive improvement, coming in and trying to help them, trying to get the overall Arkema supply chain to its most optimized point. So that's what I do now. My region that I cover, we refer to it as the Americas. So Canada, US, Mexico, and all of South America. So a large scope and a large group of people, a lot of activities, but I'm really fortunate to be able to work with a lot of really talented people. And I really am fortunate in that I I love what I do. And so I'm happy to speak a little bit today about my career and how I got here and maybe share some of the words of wisdom that I maybe only shared with you individually to (laughs) anyone else who may be listening share them as well. Just a little bit of background, and this will probably serve as a good foundation for the rest of our discussion, I think, because, you know, back in the day when I first started my career right out of college, I started with the same company that I'm with right now. It's legacy company. So, you know, which really is unheard of these days. My full career has been 36 years. And like I said, I've worked for Arkema and all of its legacy companies throughout that time. I started as a customer service representative. And then from there, did a lot of different things. I grew in levels of responsibility. I became a customer service team lead. And then from there, I moved actually to a marketing role. I became a product manager for a particular product line. And then I became an SAP business lead. We might get into a little bit how I got there, but did a lot of work when we first implemented our SAP solution at Arkema, my gosh, almost 30 years ago. And I probably should have started with this, but my career 
you know, I like to explain it as not necessarily the hockey stick where I just moved up the organization. It's really been more of a long and winding road for me, doing a lot of different things, a lot of exciting activities. For sure, I never got bored. Wherever I felt like I was ready for a change, I was really fortunate in that there was another opportunity for me to move to. So while I, as I said, I started within customer service, moved into marketing, and then started doing system support. And and so from there, I kind of went to the technical side. So I was in the iTeam organization supporting SAP end users. That's where I learned project management, lean techniques, Six Sigma, and I've really been able to utilize their skill sets throughout my entire career. I can say that moving from a business to a corporate function was certainly interesting. The pace and the opportunities were definitely different. And so throughout my career, I've been able to kind of teeter between the BU side and the corporate side. And so that said, after spending some time within iTeam, I moved back into a business role. And that's really where I got into more of the true dynamics and concepts around supply chain. And that's really where I got some experience in having more customer facing, interacting with customers, understanding their needs, their desires, their service levels, what their expectations are and were of Arkema. So I was able to focus on the customer experience, how to enhance that, and how to overall become a strong and competitive supplier for our customers. And then from there, I did a number of different supply chain leadership roles in a number of different business units within my career, within strictly the supply chain space. I've worked in five different business units. So it's really enabled me the opportunity to learn a lot about Arkema, its businesses, the nuance of each of the businesses, and really just been able to set the building blocks to really understand Arkema and its workings. And because of that, that actually led me to my next role, and that is really oversight of the Business Process Optimization Group. We refer to it as BPOC. And that's where I had a leadership role in working with, as I said, all of the business supply chain leaders to help drive any of their supply chain initiatives, process optimization, system optimization. But it was in that role where I really had a strong involvement in more strategic type of activities. And by that, I mean participating and supporting and being an active participant participant in M&A activities, mergers and acquisitions. So when we have made the strategic decision to divest a company, it's really a matter of providing data, providing a firm understanding of the business so that when we do hand that business over to the acquiring company, they have a firm understanding of the business and all of the data and all of the support that they need in order to move forward and be successful. However, when we are acquiring a company, that's really where it gets complex. And we bring different people into the organization. First and foremost, with any type of M&A activity, it's all about the people. So that's really a primary focus within the supply chain and customer service space to bring in the talent from the acquired company, integrate them into Arkema, into our culture, into our systems, into our processes, making sure that they understand uh, and are able to get up and going 
and hopefully have as seamless a transition as the acquired company and as we achieve the ultimate goal of the initial acquisition. So a lot of my activities really over the last probably four years have really been focused strongly on M&A and the integration of those acquired companies and those people. And then with that, I'm in my current role now that I've been in for just under a year. And I oversee, as I said, the logistics organization, the BPO organization, and serve as a strong corporate resource for each of the supply chain organizations. Awesome. Well, I feel like I just learned so much (laughs) about your career because I always knew from a high level, but now it's so funny actually diving into it and being like, wow, okay, I knew she was in that role, but I didn't realize that's what she was doing. (laughs) So I've learned just as much from this as probably our listeners do. So, but it's really interesting because you've been in the field, even supply chain, I know has kind of come later in your career, like you said, but you've almost been in the field before it was even a coined term, but you've seen just throughout your 30 some year career, so much has changed and it's destined to see even bigger shifts as the field continues to grow on both a localized and a global scale. We're seeing it already in academics. There's more and more degrees, more majors, more business schools taking on that supply chain curriculum. So as the field grew, your career grew with it and you as a professional evolved alongside it. And it's really great to see all of the different things that you've been able to do. So with that, you know, having this 36 year career, what has kept you in the field for almost this entire time? And really what makes it so exciting to you? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Well, two-part question, right? And first and foremost, yes, the field is so interesting and challenging, and I'll certainly answer that part of the question. But really what's kept me with my current employer and what has enabled me to grow my career at the same company is the people. You know, it's all about having strong working relationships. I've got some great friendships that I have acquired over the years. So, you know, first and foremost, if someone were to say, why have you stayed with the same company for your entire career? It is about the people. I've always had the great opportunity to work with hard workers, smart people, people who are just about rolling up their sleeves, getting their hands dirty and getting the job done. And that aligns with my type of work ethic and the way that I think. When I talk about the field and I kind of think, you know, the way I started where I explained my career as a long and winding road as compared to just the hockey stick It's been so evolving. I've been able to do so many different things, even if I just focus on the component of supply chain. There is never a dull moment. And even at this point in my career and the amount of time I've been with the company, I continue to learn something new every single day. And that is not an exaggeration. There are times where, you know, I'm looked to as being the person in the room who has the most knowledge about a certain topic or what have you. But, you know, there are times, a lot of times where I feel like I'm still the new person trying to learn the job and being able to be successful and have an impact within the company. So I would say within what's kept me with the company, it's the people. What's kept me within the field is the excitement, the challenge, the never adult moment, the always learning something new and never the opportunity to get bored. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, never a dull moment is certainly an understatement (laughs) nowadays. I mean, we've seen supply chain being the headlines almost every day now, especially since the beginning of COVID. So even you stepping into this new VP role, I can't even imagine how much that has changed since 2020 to 2023. But I think a big thing that has also changed alongside of it is obviously technology. 
you know, we've had these conversations before in the past where when you started, you didn't have email, right? Okay. You guys were faxing. Yeah. Which is so mind blowing to me because <laughs> almost everything, you know, I do nowadays is through technology. I call people, I text people, I FaceTime people. We're doing video right now, mm-hmm. you know, so it really is so interesting to see how much that has grown. And now starting from, you know, a no email to talking to people in Asia, in Europe, in South America, through technology, you're working on this global scale. What are some of the biggest ways that you've seen technology change the way that you work throughout your full career, but especially nowadays in the role that you're in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure, technology has changed the way I work. I'll even refer to some of the technology that I used early career, which, Nicole, you won't even know what it is. You've probably never heard the word before, right? So, you know, when we first started, we would pull orders. We didn't have ERP systems. We had what was a mainframe, right? It was just a big old box. We called it boxes. And that's where we would look and we pull our orders out and then we'd print our orders. And, you know, this might send shockwaves, but we would print them to a dot matrix printer, a three-part form with carbon sheets of paper in between, right? So when we look at, and, you know, I hear you laughing because, you know, dot matrix printer is probably in the Smithsonian, right? But that was my tool at the time. And that was the technology that I used. So of course, times have changed, technology has changed. And I would say exactly as you said, there's definitely a higher level of technology. And the way that I've seen technology change is it provides a more holistic look or view or lens of the activity. So before, as I said, I would log into my mainframe and print my orders and I only saw those orders. Now, as I work in my computer system that I use, it's an ERP, right? So I can see inventory, I can see sales, I can see manufacturing, I can see raw material, I can see logistics. So it's the full realm of activities that back in the day when I first started, there was absolutely no visibility to that at all. So from a way that I do my job day in and day out, I would say the biggest ways that my job has changed is to have that more wide lens, that wider frame of visibility to what's going on. But that said, even, you know, when we talk about technology and you mentioned a fax machine, you know, we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have email. So everything was done via telephone. You pick up the phone and you call whoever you need to call to ask a question. You got the answer and off you went. So it was definitely a lot more human interaction, either face-to-face or voice-to-voice. That's definitely changed. As you can imagine, you know, with technology, the speed at which we transact and make decisions and get visibility has just advanced at warp speed, right? You know, what used to take maybe a day or two at best to get an answer to a question is now a minute or two, right? Whether it be mm-hmm. IM, email, text message, or what have you. So for sure, the way that I've seen technology change is really it's supported the speed at which I get my job done. It's supported the pace at which I get my job done. Mm-hmm. And it's really supported the ability for quick decision making. So it's all good. Right. But with every good, there's always a bit of a downside. And I can say that with technology, because we have instant access and in some cases, instant gratification, we are constantly connected. And Nicole, you know this. I know you and Ned often call out the fact that I am very connected, almost to a fault. 
almost to the point that I don't recognize it myself, but for sure, technology keeps us connected to each other, of course, which is great, but also to work too. So because of that, it's really kind of blurred the lines between work and family. So while it's great, and maybe I can just, you know, bang out a few emails and be done what I need to get done. In doing so, it takes time away from my family, from that personal activity that I've maybe was participating in. So it really does blur that line between work and family. Mm -hmm. And it's tough because technology is so heavily integrated into our every days now. I mean, there's times you said where me and dad call you out. There's times where you and dad call me out where Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been staring at my phone, scrolling social media, looking on, you know, emails, things like that. All of a sudden it's been an hour or two and I'm like, wow, I'm totally disconnected Mm -hmm. from present world, you know, and you've been able to see from start to finish that full evolution. Mm -hmm. Me, we came right into it. We've had some type of technology in our hands almost since we were born. We did the whole cell phone a little late, which I'm very glad. But like I said, growing up, I've seen so much of that progress and that change. And while to me, it's kind of the norm, it plays a huge, huge factor in how I learn, how I work, how I connect, even from a professional and a personal standpoint. But of course, also navigate my career, you know, especially with a lot of it having started in COVID. But on the topic of career progression and navigation, being a young professional, you know, only being a couple of years into my career, I've been lucky enough to have some incredible mentors and role models that have not only helped me find my way, but actually led the path for me. You, of course, being one of them, almost the very first one I've ever seen. But women today, we believe we have a spot at the table, the metaphorical table, as they say, because there are women like you sitting there already. You know, we can see ourselves because we see you there. And I think that makes a huge difference for young professionals and young women that are looking to progress in their career and move up the ladder, as they say. But being a woman in the field, when you began your career, It almost seemed like a taboo idea. You know, it seemed like maybe it was a strongly male dominated field at the time. So with that, how did you navigate your way in that field? And how did you make a name for yourself, even when it may have been a little hard to have your voice heard? Mm hmm. I appreciate again, Nicole, the kind words. But yeah, I mean, when I started my career, it was, especially in the world of supply chain, it was a very male dominated, especially in the logistics space, right? Because a lot of times you're talking about trailers, you're talking about equipment, you're talking about machinery. And, you know, like it or not, those are the types of ideas that have a primarily male interest as compared to a female interest, right? So when I started within my career, and especially in the supply chain world, I really had the great opportunity to work for a gentleman who who really, really got it. You know, he was very professional. He was very bright. He was all about building people's career and letting people grow. So he really gave me the freedom and the leeway to, you know, take ideas, present them to different levels of the organization and then execute those ideas and be successful or maybe trip and skin my knee, but pick up and learn from it and move forward. So I would say as I started my supply chain career, that one early manager that I had, which actually I worked for about the time that you were born, was very helpful and influential. And I'd say he's probably the one who really helped me 
understand that I did have a voice and eventually a seat at the table where I could express my ideas and be listened to. The other part I would say as well is, you know, when I was early on in my career, I didn't really think a whole lot about, you know, oh, where do I want to be 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now. That was never my career approach. My career approach was always, okay, that sounds fine. I'll do that for a little bit of time. And then if there was another opportunity, I'd say, okay, I'll do that too. So it wasn't for me necessarily always the next step. It was always a process of elimination in terms of what I wanted to do or what I did not want to do. But Regardless of the approach that I took, I always had the mindset, put my head down, work hard, and hopefully I'll get noticed. And I realize that sounds so old school, but the reality of it is I worked hard and I did have some ideas that people listened to and they thought were good. And so I was able to advance those ideas. So in doing so too, I think that I was really able to practice and learn and get better at collaboration about cooperation and really building strong professional relationships with my coworkers to get to the point where I earned myself the name of being a trusted employee. If I made a commitment, I made sure that I followed through on it and delivered it. If there was any obstacle that prevented me from delivering on it, I would make sure to communicate that and say, hey, you know what? I know I said I'd get that to you next Monday. I ran into some challenges. It looks like it's going to be Wednesday. Is that okay? Agree. Great. And off I go. So it's really, you know, about making commitments, delivering on those commitments, becoming a trusted co-worker and building great working professional relationships where I felt that people recognized me as someone who I could be trusted and relied upon. That's great advice. And especially, like I said, being early in my career, I think the power of that connection and that collaboration, it almost is going unseen nowadays. We're so used to this virtual world that I think I I can attest, but I think you can as well. These virtual versus in-person connections are huge differences. They make a huge difference in your career. And you said how important it was to build those relationships with your colleagues, because I mean, there's only so much trust that you can get through a screen. There's a lot of trust that you can get in person. And there's a lot of building that foundation. So with that, to follow up on that, how important do you think it is for early talent today to invest in those personal relationships with their colleagues? Well, I think it's for the investment and time that you put into developing those relationships, they pay off dividends. And, you know, within my own career, and as I said, I developed those working relationships. And I really do feel that that's what enabled me to advance and progress and be successful within my career. So were it not for working side by side, working on an SNOP plan where the supply and demand didn't match? And, you know, how do I work through and negotiate and come to a an equitable conclusion for all parties involved. That's really what strong relationships are all about. It's about the collaboration, the communication, and the trust within each other. And I really feel that in able to do that, the in-person experience cannot be replaced. Again, I know that I'm probably talking old school, especially for someone who's early in career like you, Nicole, but you know, there's really nothing that replaces face-to-face. You see people's body language. In virtual, yes, you're seeing me from the shoulders up, right? But in person, you may not 
see me at a table, if I'm tapping my foot or, you know, doing something that maybe is demonstrating that I'm either comfortable or uncomfortable in a certain type of situation, Mm -hmm. you know, you would never see that virtually. Whereas in person, you see the full person, right? And that is irreplaceable. You cannot duplicate that in a virtual environment. So that's why I think it's important to have those face-to-face meetings. And what that does is it, it provides the foundation and the framework to build those professional relationships with colleagues. And you know what? Those relationships enable you to have your name known. You know, if you have that relationship and someone is speaking to a coworker or maybe someone in another group that says, hey, there's this opportunity in, you know, the finance group or within the IT organization to be able to have a colleague say, Hey, you know what? I know Nicole Smith and she's really strong in technology and she's looking for a new opportunity. Why don't you guys talk to each other? So just building those relationships, whether they be deliberate with someone who you think can advance your career or maybe not so deliberate by someone who you think is just a colleague, but perhaps can get your name in front of a certain person for a certain opportunity. I really don't feel you can even put a price tag on that. It's priceless. Gosh, completely agree. And I think that's a big piece of my career that has been missing because as you can attest and you know, I basically started my career virtually. I didn't do a lot of interviews in person. A lot of it was done via video camera, which like you said, still see some of the body language, but you can't even tell that I'm wearing like athletic shorts right now. You know, you can only see so much and you only know so much. And I really do agree. I think it's a really important thing to develop that because I think in developing those relationships, you also develop a community with it that you can rely on throughout your career because navigating a career alone, it's a daunting thing, you know? And I think it can seem daunting to young professionals because we think, okay, well, maybe we just got to get through today. We got to get through this week. But then in the back of our mind, we're like, oh, we got to get through 40 more years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a big chunk. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, you know, I have such a great support system with you and dad and my fellow colleagues at work and really good friends. But if you don't have that and you don't have those strong connections where you know that someone's backing you up, it, it can be a lonely time. So completely agree. You know, Nicole, you had said that navigating your career alone is really daunting. I would almost go so far as to say navigating your career alone is nearly impossible. Because, you know, exactly as you say, on your good days, you want someone to celebrate with you. On your bad days, you want someone to lift you up. And, and you really do grow and develop your career by getting through those bad days and celebrating those good days. You can't do that by yourself, you know? So having that network, that team of people who are always there to help and support each other, again, I can't put a price tag on it. I really believe that it's extremely difficult, if not impossible, to build your career just individually. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. So a slight shift in topic, but of course, in honor of Mother's Day, I did want to dive into a little bit of motherhood and career progression. We're talking about community. We're talking about networks. And I think a big community that people need to rely on is when they're going through that motherhood, when they're going through paternal leave, maternal leave, and relying on their coworkers or colleagues to get them through that. So, you know, candidly, many parents, both mothers and fathers, can struggle with the guilt of returning to work while also wanting that career advancement, I can't attest, but I'm sure, you know, it's a really bittersweet feeling because to one extent, you're really doing something for yourself and you're progressing and you're making yourself better. 
but you're also really missing out on that family time like you spoke about earlier. So in that, how did becoming a mother impact your career goals and progression? And what advice would you give new mothers who are trying to navigate their careers and motherhood simultaneously? Mm-hmm. No, it, it, you know, it, it's important because today the opportunities that women have within business and industry go far beyond the opportunities maybe that I had, but even more especially that my mom, your grandmother had or dad's mom or Nana had, right? So the opportunities for women to really advance and have successful careers has just grown exponentially from one generation to the next. So, but, you know, that said, you know, being a mother, I would almost say being a parent really makes you stop and take a step back and assess where are my priorities, right? What will be my number one priority? And I was very fortunate for a number of reasons. Number one, I had dad and we were a team. And there's no way that either of us would have been able to be successful in our careers were it not for each other. We would always tag team it. As you know, Nicole, I had morning duty, dad had afternoon duty. So were it not for that really strong level of teamwork between me and dad, there's no way. There's no way that either of us would have been able to achieve what we've been able to achieve. Also, when I was an early mom, I was so, so fortunate because really for the first two years, I had both of your grandmothers, my mom and Nana, who came in and took excellent care of you. So as much as you're right, I was guilt ridden when I first went back to work. I wanted so bad to just be a great mom, but I also knew that I had career ambitions and and that I had to earn a living. I had to earn a paycheck, right? What really helped to minimize that guilt was knowing that I had the most loving, caring women and men, meaning both pop-pops being there Mm -hmm. to help take care of you and raise you. I knew you were safe, both physically and emotionally. So that definitely was helpful and that enabled me to be able to focus on work when I was at work and I could focus on family when I was home with family. So the advice that I would give new mothers, you know, trying to navigate their careers, first and foremost, do not be too hard on yourself. You know, I think as females, we try to do it all, right? We're caregivers, we're nurturers, that's our makeup, right? So we want to be everything to everyone and physically and mentally, we can't. There's always that balance that needs to be struck. And in trying to do that, my words of wisdom or any advice that I would give any new mother who's who's aspiring in their career is don't be too hard on yourself. You just make sure that you're doing the best you can within that situation that you're in. If you're home and you're with your family and you're taking care of your children, then you give 100%. When you're at work and you're doing whatever activities are involved within your day job, your daily activities or your work, you give 100% there. If you're trying to give more of yourself to either scenario, in my opinion, it's a mathematical equation that will never work. I guess to sum it up, you know, do not be too hard on yourself. Don't overextend yourself. Be the best of who you are and what you are within the situation or environment that you're in, in that moment, and give that moment 100%. That's great. I have to remember this for, it's going to be a few years down the line. (laughs) Definitely keep that. And as much as you relied on my mom, I'm certainly going to be relying on (laughs) you and dad. But to tag on to that, you know, you're giving advice for new mothers nowadays. 
But if you could go back to your younger self, you know, the early days of your motherhood with what I hope was an angel of a daughter, <laughs> what advice would you give yourself, you know, looking back at that? You know, I think it's probably the same advice that I would give any young mom right now. And it's really when you find yourself in a situation and where you might find it especially challenging, try to trigger on that and take a pause, take a step back, take a deep breath and say, okay, what do I want to do here? Right. Because again, very easily you can go down that path of wanting to be everything to everyone. And nobody wins in that situation, especially me or you or anyone as a young working mother. You know, so I would always try to have that mindset to self trigger on whatever type of behavior or activity enables you the opportunity to take that step back and take that deep breath and say, okay, let's assess here. You know, what's really important here? Is this life or death? No. Is this the beginning or end of my career? Probably not. Okay. So let's put that into perspective and then let's just kind of say, okay, what do I want to do here? You know, so slow down, breathe. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you say that to me already and I'm not a mother yet, so. <laughs> but I can attest it does work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, I say that. I don't always follow that myself, but, you know, I realize that the stress level gets high. And when I recognize that with myself, I know I either need to walk away, go for a walk or just pause, take yourself out of that situation for a moment of time. And literally your thinking becomes more clear and you're able to move on from whatever that situation is. Mm -hmm. Some great advice, even for mothers and fathers and whoever in between. So I love it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, we're coming to the end of the podcast. And as the series is called The Future of Supply Chain, we ask every guest the same question that I'll ask you now. So if you had to summarize in a sentence or two, what is the future of supply chain? I would say the future of supply chain is limitless, especially for women. Reason being, so many corporations now are really having a strong focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. It is a fantastic time. To be a woman in supply chain, the opportunities are there. Women are now being recognized and respected as supply chain professionals who, as you say, come to the table with strong ideas and are able to execute them. Also, I would say the future of supply chain, Nicole, is up to you. You are the future of supply chain. You have the creativity, you have the talent, you have the desire, you have the drive to make supply chain whatever you want it to be. And, you know, while that may be a not so black and white answer, you know, I don't know that anyone really knows what the future holds, what technology will bring. But I would say the future of supply chain is 100% entirely up to you. You decide. Oh my gosh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> no, I mean, hopefully it's in good hands. You know, I think this next generation that I'm with, we have so many different priorities that I think are not only good for business and good for the economy, but I also think are good for the world. We want to see the world thrive. We want to see society thrive. As cliche as that is, it's true. And we want to revolutionize it to build a better world, you know, just to build off of what you guys have already built and to almost make it better. You know, so I'm glad to take it into my hands. I'm ready for it, you know, and hopefully we'll see what we can do with it. So. Yeah, I say, have at it. I'm ready to pass the baton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm ready to take it from you. <laughs> 
Well, as always, thank you, Eileen or mom for such a great conversation. You know, you're always one of my favorite people to talk to. And of course, happy Mother's Day. Thank you all for listening. Please mark us as a favorite and you can get regular updates and information about future episodes. But until next time, from just Nicole here, thank you for discussing the future of supply chain.